Hi everyone, it's Sheila here. If you're enjoying what we do here at Potheads Who Read, we would love if you would take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite listening platform. Remember, five stars will go a long way. Josie, do you know what September has? Yes, the start of fall, cooler weather, pumpkin patches opening, apple orchards going on, county line fairs. No, we ha- no, oh. Josie, no. Oh. It has five Mondays. Do you know what that means? No. What? What's What's the difference? Bonus episode! Oh. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Fifth Monday of September. Fifth Monday. Yeah, we were uh, like, what? (laughs) So many Mondays this month. It only throws off our scheduling just a little bit. A little bit. But that's all right. We're going to be okay. That's fine. Because I feel like this just allows us to do what we both want to do, which is just talk about our experiences that we've had in the last couple weeks with us two authors right we both got to go to some author events recently you went in august and who did you get to see i got to see and meet the wonderful great billy jensen for his book release um chase darkness with me chasing darkness right or chase Um, darkness with me. yeah and then you just went last week right and who did you meet? I met Michelle Rigby Assad, and her book is called Breaking Cover. And she is a former CIA agent that is able to tell her story now, which um, she, she's pretty inspiring. And I'm excited. I, everybody, I have not read her book yet, but she is a great speaker. <laughs> yeah, Billy. Billy Jensen was the same way. He was a great speaker. Anybody who listens to the Murder Squad, he is a part of a podcast where he does have his own podcast. You've heard him talk. He's really great. He's inspiring. But it was really fun to sit in the same room with him and just kind of feel his energy and the energy he gave the whole room. The energy off of everybody else is just so different and such a great experience. But like you, I have not read his book yet. Me neither. That was one of my birthday presents from you was a signed book from Billy from that event. So yes. thank you. Thank you for You're my amazing. Welcome. I was so excited. I They announced, so Anderson Bookstore, they are the bookstore that put on the event mm-hmm. out in Naperville. And I had never heard of that bookstore before I don't go out to Naperville a lot it's one of the suburbs of Chicago and um it's pretty far away really in retrospect even Mm -hmm. without traffic or anything it was like an hour away but I was I I don't know like I remember texting Sheila like the week before and I was like he's gonna be in the Chicago area do I do it I don't think there's anybody that I can go with should I just go by myself I don't know what should I do and go just do it just yeah And even as Sheila was like, she was like, go, just do it. And I was like, I'm already looking at the tickets. I'm already looking at what it includes. And originally, the ticket included one copy of the book and obviously, like, the conversation and open forum with him. And at the end of it, they announced that there they had, like, ten more books that people could purchase and Billy was so nice he was honestly just one of the best authors in my experience um for doing a signing he was so gracious he was so open he really wanted to make sure that everybody just got the best experience and had the best moment with him so they were like he was willing to sign the extra book if people went and bought them. And I 
like no question jumped up because even the whole time like on the way there Sheila was texting me are you there yet has it started what's going on (laughs) what's happening and like as I was waiting for it to start I was like oh oh sirens um as I was waiting for it to start I was like okay here's a picture of where he's sitting here's what the room that we're in looks like and so we were doing all this stuff and I was like as soon as they said that I was like okay Sheila's getting a a bonus birthday present I have to do it I jumped up I didn't like trample anybody I was very respectful I walked very fast though (laughs) I was like fourth in line and I got a second book and surprised Sheila with it which I think was kind of a surprise I've forgot like I didn't notice when I posted my pictures on our Instagram page that you right. could actually see the second book a little bit and I was like I can see it I know it's there I was like hopefully nobody else notices it too much and I was hoping more than anything that it was just a big surprise for you because I didn't yeah. know if you had saw the second book or not it was fun I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got it like it's been on my list to buy and I just haven't gone and done it so thank you that was my other worry is I was like Sheila and I sometimes have the same book on our same list or on our book list and I was like I hope she didn't go buy her own copy thinking like Josie has this I want to read it too and then we can talk about it right yeah (laughs) So, so yeah that was a worry also because like Hurricane Dorian happened. I yeah. ordered a birthday card. I did not realize it was coming from England. And so I had Sheila's gift for like a month yeah. after her birthday that I didn't send you. Okay. And so I was like, there's a huge possibility that Sheila will have this book. <laughs> it's totally fine. It's totally right. Yeah. But it all worked out that my birthday present was late. So because. You So I'm currently at a conference right now. Well, it ended earlier today, but I brought one of my other birthday presents, which is a T-shirt that says just one more chapter. And I work for a company that that's called Nomadis, and we sell charms that tell your story. Our slogan, I was about to say our something else, and I was like, that's not the right word. Our slogan is share your story. And I walk in and they're like, we love your shirt. Oh my God, that's amazing. And like that totally fits us. And then they, they've decided that my, my shirt like inspired what they're going to, um, the theme will be for next year. Cause they have a theme every year. Yeah. And so, so awesome. like you and I unintentionally like, we're like picked, so connected and like not so connected. connected. And we've helped no we helped Nomadis out today. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> We're just, just the gifts that keep on giving to everyone around us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um well you kind of talked about where Billy spoke at. Um let me talk about where yeah. Michelle spoke at. So I live on base and there's a company that runs base housing and there it's called AMCC. It's like Atlantic military something, something. I don't I don't remember all the things that the C's stand for because <laughs> I just call them AMCC. But um, they have started having events where they bring um, people to come speak to the spouses or even just the families in general. And they ended up um, getting in contact with Michelle Rigby Assad and asked her to come speak to us because like because she's also a she does speaking events where she's kind of like kind of a motivational speaker I would say Mm -hmm. because of her experiences she's able to say you know you have to do these things to get better in life and I understand transitions are hard and she so they brought her in she had two events. She had an event on Wednesday evening, which I was able to go to. And then she had, I think it was a bit more intimate on Thursday, like a little like coffee chat lunch thing with her. And that was on Thursday morning. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it so to that mm. one. But I was so glad that I could go to the evening one, at least. And she's a great speaker, very motivational, hearing part of her story just really resonated with me mm-hmm. um and and they brought her in because they wanted to you know kind of like 
have her kind of inspire some military spouses because sometimes some military spouses we get like we get like people are like oh, I have to move every two years and I have to do this and like it starts to get kind of old sometimes mm-hmm. and it gets tiring and it's also really hard for us to sometimes have a job because we are moving every two or three years and that doesn't you can have a job on your resume, but every time you move, and they're like, why can't she keep a job for more than two or three years? It's hard. Yeah. Like, it, it shows up on your resume, so that's very difficult. So, Wednesday night was more about, like, how to better yourself to make yourself more marketable as a person. And oh, wow. There were, and there were other people there, like, other companies there or um, organizations there to to help us become you know giving us resources so that was that so she was a part of that but like she was the main speaker we had a couple other people come up and talk to us about like what they did but she was the main the main focus so yeah um, that, that sounds really awesome though yeah and she came in from florida and she, she was actually supposed to come the weekend so dorian hit thursday night and into like Friday morning she was supposed to be originally she was supposed to be here that Friday or that Saturday after Dorian Mm. but they canceled it because we just weren't sure what the storm was gonna do and luckily Dorian really didn't do anything to us so she probably could have come like a month ago but <laughs> but to be safe for her and everybody else, we decided that the company AMCC and um, some of the community members decided that we should cancel that weekend's events just to because we didn't know what was going to happen. You never know. So yeah. So we're really glad that she's she was still able to come this past week. Yeah, I know. I was really surprised when you texted me and you were like, <laughs> I didn't know if you had gotten your package yet or not. And you sent me a text and you're like, so I did this thing. I went to this, I went to this place. I met this author. She's awesome. And I bought you a book. I and I was it. like, this is so great. Cause I knew what you were getting for your birthday. And then you would, you would yeah. purchase the book for me. And so I was just like, this is just the best because yeah we're like so so the same because like both of them are like a memoir-ish book yeah I know mine definitely deals with true crime it sounded like what you had told me about it yours deals with it a little, little bit as well yeah her cause she's a she was counterterrorism for the <clears throat> CIA so she and she was in um the Middle East you know oh, find, wow finding yeah. terrorists so Hers is a little, like, I would say, yeah, crime-ish, but totally, a, a completely different level compared to what like, Billy is Like, definitely intelligence, though. Like, yeah, definitely. A level yeah. of just something that we are both interested in for various reasons. So. Yeah. Do you want to read the cover of Billy's book? Yeah. Uh, join Billy Jensen on the crime-solving adventure of a lifetime. Whenever people asked me why I wrote about unsolved murders, I always said the same thing, because I hated the guy who got away with it. But now it was different. Now I hated the perpetrator for taking over the lives of the living just as much as taking the lives of the dead. The victims' families, the investigators, the volunteers, they all gave up giant chunks of their own lives to search for an answer that someone selfishly kept hidden away. People died before getting the answer. I opened letters every day from family members desperate for justice. I tried to help each and every one of them, but every story I wrote had one thing in common. They had no endings. They had the guy who got away with it. I made up my mind. This was going, this time was going to be different. I was going to give the story an ending. I was going to solve the crime myself. So if, for those of you who don't know who Billy Jensen Jensen is, he is a um, crime journalist. He Mm -hmm. does, he's very active in, um, in helping 
solve crimes. That's actually how, um, for if you don't know, one of his other big books that he was actually a part of was I'll Be Gone in the Dark. He was one of the two people who helped uh, finish the book for Michelle McNamara after she right. passed away unexpectedly. And Karen Kilgariff does a foreword at the beginning of this. She's the host of My Favorite Murder. Um, I mean, they have a comment on here from Patton Oswalt where it's like an intense, fascinating read for true crime lovers and newbies. Um, if anybody is familiar with this series on Netflix called Mindhunter, there's a quote on here from John Douglas from Mindhunter where they, he was like one of the people who basically helped create the BSU with the FBI. Right. And it was so fascinating. He did have, um, I've heard he talked a little bit and I saw his tour for his, his little tour for his book. And he did have some people with him at different, different um, shops and, and venues. And we actually got a, he came with his editor for oh. this book. And so it was him and his editor who were speaking. And it That's was really cool. interesting to kind of see it on both sides. Cause he, he's very much into um, like fandoms and geek culture. And yeah. he was like, yeah, I could have done with like less star Wars or Disney references or whatever. And Billy's response to that was like, well, I should have added in more Harry Potter references. So, yeah. I mean, it was just like funny, like, to kind of see it but like his biggest thing that he talks about is how he just had the tools and the ability and the insight to kind of help these people he like I said he's still very active in working different cases and doing right. different cases and he's out there really kind of doing it and he mentioned in his tour that there was a police chief I believe it was in New Jersey in one in one district in New Jersey where he bought this book for all of his detectives oh. to because it's it it creates a new way to solve crimes right where basically you're taking your social media tools and like the people who are into everything and see things that maybe won't come forward to the police, well, they might reach, they might come forward to somebody on social media, True. like yeah. DMs and stuff like that. And so it's kind of just like a new way to, to solve crimes and almost, which is so incredible that John Douglas did it because he did create a new way to catch criminals. And, and now he, like Billy Jensen is just kind of using his own personal tools right. to create something new. So I'm, I have not read this yet. Sheila and I were already talking about how we could read it together. And both of us are coming on an even playing field for this bonus episode because yeah. neither one of us have read either of the books. So. Right. I have not had a chance to read Michelle's book. Um, I was busy. I mean, I knew what her book was before she came to Camp Lejeune, but I wasn't able to. Um, I did not have the time to sit down and read it before which is okay. And I went, and when she spoke to us, she was talking about how they had, her and her husband had finished school and gotten married, and they moved, decided to move up to D.C. from Florida. And they're like, oh, we'll get a job. You know, we're, we're hireable. We have all these, these great degrees and everything, and nobody would hire them. And her husband had finally gotten a job, and then she was you know and they were just working like small little jobs you know to pay the bills and mm -hmm. you know but nothing that was really great and she was like all my friends were like oh i'm working for congressman so and so and senator so and so and i'm doing this with the the state department you know like she like all her all her friends and acquaintances had these like jobs that she's like why am i not doing that and so she's like we were saving money up and then we had enough money. I took that money and I went and took a class and it was, um, she went and took an Arabic class mm. and then she went and took another class and another class. And then she eventually got into Georgetown and she got her master's degree. And wow. it was just about how like she kept doing all these little things to make herself better and sometimes it was just a small little class you know that was being offered but she went and did it because 
she needed to have something that she could do to make to make herself more marketable, more um, hireable. Mm-hmm. And I and I we see that a lot. I don't know how 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 it is for you up in Chicago, but you see it a lot in the military community because we are moving all the time. Sometimes it makes us really hard to hi- be hireable when mm-hmm. we aren't able to do jobs in our our career field, or we are moving, or nobody's hiring. And it's like, so what do you do? And so she was just she she's like, you know, go do that. She's like. You may not know what you want to do, but in the in the end, it may lead you to what you are meant to do. And she finished at um, Georgetown in her, I can't remember exactly the, the degree she said, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, like Mid-Eastern Studies or something. And she then applied to... The CIA. Her husband had already been hired by the CIA at this point, and the day she found out that she was accepted into the CIA, the planes hit the Twin Towers and the Pentagon, and the one crashed in Pennsylvania. Wow. The next day, people that had Arabic language were a hot commodity. As they're, you know, as their yeah. background. So it was just, it took a, it, it took a while to to be marketable. It was just like kismet that that happened, you know. Yeah. And and then she went on to say like, they did that for ten years. Her and her husband, they did that for ten years. They were CIA agents together over there. They then they decided, you know, it's time to leave, and they left, and they came back and they and here's the thing and this is it's almost even worse for her or for people coming out of the CIA when they come out of the CIA they don't have a resume because they can't put anything that they've been doing right the government with the CIA right onto their resume and so they're like what do we do so they started contacting the the people that they knew their contacts and saying do you have, do you know of any people that that are looking for people that have done counterterrorism that can do this, that we speak Arabic and ends up they find another job? And it was like with a contractor. So, and that worked out. And then they, they, they decided to stop doing that whenever they stopped doing that. And then she's like, I, I told my husband he needed, I had his feeling, you need to call this woman that is one of our friends, one of our contacts. He calls her and ends up that they're looking for people to help get, and I'm hoping I'm remembering this correctly, Christians in the in certain Middle Eastern countries out of the country and safe. Oh, okay. Persecuted Christians. Yeah. Um, and so they... They were doing that for a while because, I mean, that's not a normal job. <laughs> and they knew all they knew how to do all of this stuff. They knew they knew who to call. And, you know, so it, it, it just while, like I said, while it took a while for them to get to their, their that point in their or not that point, but while it took a while for them to be able to get into the CIA when they finally got into CIA, everything kind of just fell into place and it fell yeah. into place afterward. But they had to work at it. They still had to contact people. You just can't be like, oh, well, the, the job's just going to show up. You, you have to work. Right. You have to try. So very inspiration, inspirational. I mean, I was just talking last night to a friend of mine. Sheila and I were talking on the phone. But my friends who I was out with, one of her cousins was with us. And he was he's going to school for engineering. And they just found out that, like, her, like, his sister's husband so his Mm brother-in-law has like an uncle or somebody who works in the exact same field he does and they're like contact him get an internship get an in this is literally the job that you want and he was like I mean I know that but I mean he's young he's probably like doesn't want to like impose or like he has like insecurities or whatever but 
my friend and I both looked at him and we were like, it's all about networking. It is. Like, you have to get in. You have to ask. You have to network. If you don't ask, you don't, like, it's what's, that. what's the worst they're going to say is no. Like, right. if they say no, then at least you ask. But before, but that puts, you know. That, like, that puts you on their radar. But also, they may say no, but they may give their friend Joe, hey, I know this kid. You're looking for somebody. Yeah. I don't have the spot for it. So, like, th- that's the thing is, like, sometimes your contact may not have somebody, but they know somebody. Absolutely. And you just – and that's the thing is you have to network. I, I think networking now is probably the one of the most important ways to get a job nowadays. Yeah, it's almost always. I'm trying to remember even back when – I was just getting out of high school. I I think almost every single job I've gotten since graduating high school, yeah. it has been because I've known somebody. Right. I mean, you knew me at you knew me and Melissa at Applebee's and yeah, you and Melissa hired, at Applebee's. Yeah. I knew somebody else when I worked at Taco John's. I knew Jody for the dance school, like for right. the dance. Uh, well, she got us that job. Yeah, Jody was the studio. one who got us the jobs at the dance studio, um, which worked out anyway because the owner of the studio like did some shows with us and stuff. But um, so there was that, and then like once I got to Chicago, it's like. I knew somebody who worked at Rainforest, and then I know somebody who worked at Yoke. I knew somebody who worked at Melting Pot. I knew somebody, like, every time I've gotten something, it's because somebody's known something. And then I've been able to just kind of, like, come in and be like, yep, everything you've heard about me, I'm I'm awesome. No, that's not my attitude at all. But (laughs) I do come in, and I'm like, I work really hard. (laughs) She does. Whatever. Um, yeah, but it is, I, I mean, it's yeah. literally all about networking. It is. Um, so do you want to read the, the jacket of your book? Yeah, I'll read the back. The CIA is looking for walking contradictions. You must keep secrets, but skillfully persuade others to tell theirs. You have to love your country, but willingly leave it behind for dangerous operations around the world. You need to live a double life, but trustworthy enough to carry out the nation's most sensitive tasks. Michelle Rigby Assad was one of those people. Working undercover for the CIA, she served in treacherous areas throughout the Middle East, a woman leading some of the most highly skilled operatives on the planet. The threats were real, the missions were perilous, and deep inside, Michelle wondered, could she really do this job? Was she in the right place at the right time, or had she misunderstood her life's calling? Did she have what it would take to survive? And then it says below, in breaking cover, Michelle has at last been cleared to drop cover and tell her story. One of incredible struggle, of unexpected challenges and thwarted missions, and most of all, of discovering a faith and a purpose that outweighed her greatest fears. So I think really good. Sounds really good. And on the front, it says. Oh, what? oh, no, on the inside cover, there's one quote where it says, when debriefing any jihadists, most agents have three handicaps. We are Americans. Strike one. Non-believers. Strike two. And CIA officers. Strike three. As I prepared myself to walk in and meet Abu Muhammad for the first time, I knew I had a fourth handicap. I was a woman. And it's so true. Here she is yeah. being like a really like I'm, I I haven't I have not read the book as you all know. And if Michelle, you listen to us, um, but I'm assuming you're a pretty kick-ass woman to to be in this position, and you have the opportunities or the you are in the position that you are going to be interviewing these terrorists and you know that how they feel about women, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it is a strike against you in that country to be a female or in some of those countries to be female. So um, it's, it's going to be, it, I think it'll be a really great read and a good take on how like a woman was able to like overcome a lot 
with her job and like CIA job, but also like what she had to do as a CIA agent in a mid Eastern right. country that isn't that they don't respect women like like they do right out here. So yeah, that's really exciting to read. If anybody's heard any of our past episodes from season one, <laughs> I've mentioned quite a few times about being a female who is in a position where you, like, I, like, there is sometimes, like, kind of a power struggle, and then there's yeah. sometimes where it's very much like, no, I respect you, I, I value your opinion, and then, like, one thing will be said, and I'm just like, I'm not a girl, <laughs> you know, like, right. I, am a, I am a person who has knowledge and experience and can yeah. help you, yeah, that sounds really exciting. I just, you mentioned, like, reading the inside flap. So I thought I'd look at the one for Chase Darkness with me. And I do find this is very interesting because in his book, he does talk about some, like, he's helped solve, I, it feels like, I can't remember the exact number. I feel like it's quite a few, but he does talk about a few specific cases in this book uh-huh. that he's helped work on or help solve. Right. But I love it because, like, in really big, um, bold letters on the top of the inside flap, it says, have you ever wanted to solve a murder? Gather the clues the police overlooked. Put together the pieces. Identify the suspect. And so those are, like, four big questions. And anybody who's into true crime is like, yeah. But then it goes on. Journalist Billy Jensen spent 15 years investigating unsolved murders, fighting for families of victims. Every story he wrote had one thing in common. They didn't have an ending. The killer was still out there. But after the sudden death of a friend, crime friend, crime writer and author of All Be Gone in the Dark, Michelle McNamara, Billy became fed up. Following a dark night, he came up with a plan, a plan to investigate past the point when the cops had given up, a plan to solve the murders himself. You'll ride shotgun as Billy identifies the Halloween mask murderer, finds a missing girl in the California Redwoods, and investigates the only other murder in New York City on 9-11. You'll hear intimate details of the hunts for two of the most terrifying serial killers in history. His friend Michelle McNamara's pursuit of the Golden State Killer and his own quest to find the murderer of the Allenstown Four. And Billy gives you the tools and the rules to help solve murders yourself. Gripping, complex, unforgettable, Chase Darkness with me is an examination of the evil forces that walk among us, illustrating a novel way to catch those killers and a true crime narrative unlike any you've read before. I am excited to read both of these books. Me too. Me too. I think these are going to be very interesting. I feel like in different ways, but very much the same. I feel like we'll walk away feeling very empowered. Yes, I agree. Have you, so I have a question. Have you ever been to an author event before? I have. I've been to a couple different author events. One of them I like met a childhood like actor that I've looked up to and it was Alan Alda um but and that was when like Borders was still open Borders was a major bookstore for people who don't know um (laughs) I feel like Barnes and Noble I think Barnes and Noble but not you mention that every time you say borders, and I think I know because it makes me so sad that they had to close down. Uh, um, it's like Blockbuster, you know, just a little yeah. sad. No, but it was at Borders, and it was like everybody was gathered in a room. He read he read some stuff from his memoir, like laughed. There was like some jokes and quips, and then it was like you got in line, but it was very strict. It was yeah. very like. He will take one picture. If you have more than one book, he will only personalize one book. You had to write in there what you wanted him to say. The other one, he just gave his signature. And I mean, part of me feels like at this point when I saw him, I mean, it was the early 2000s, mid 2000s. And he was very well known, 
obviously for like MASH and then like some of the movies and everything he'd done. Right. Um, he did the, um, now I can't remember the name of it, but he did, I think it was like the NASA series on PBS. So everybody oh. knew him from that. Like he had been in- involved with like some different series and everything. So I understand like he's really well known. You probably get the super fans who just want to sit there and talk for like, 20 minutes and like they probably are like on a time limit like you have so much time um so that was like the biggest one I've ever been a part of and he was perfectly nice but it was just very like dun 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 you had like three minutes with him basically right and then and I was so embarrassed because I said like the one thing I didn't want to say because I didn't want to be I wanted to be like my whole family loves you I wanted to say that but I was like do not say you grew up watching MASH and I was like I grew up watching MASH my whole family loves you um which is exactly what I didn't want to say but then I've been I have been a part of like other ones that are smaller it's like maybe like semi-popular authors or just like random authors that have come into like bookstores for signing and stuff like that but nothing where nothing on like the scale of like Alan Alda or even like Billy Jensen like those were probably the biggest ones right but like I said like Billy was he was very nice he took a picture with everyone he like I think somebody had like their eyes closed and they kind of overheard it and they they were like, no, come back and take a picture. And oh, he, so nice. like, yeah. you, like, they were like, no, please do not hesitate. If your picture does not look good, come back and take another picture with me. And like, he listened. I mean, there was probably close to 200 people at this event. Oh, wow. And he talked to every single person. That's awesome. And there were people who I'm sure were telling him stories because I heard the stories of the people around me. I had a very like big moment with him um, because his, our mutual love for Harry Potter. And I actually gave him a wine glass that Sheila had made for our podcast that has our, like our uh, name on it. And I was like talking to him about that. And I was explaining to him how much we loved I'll be gone in the dark and just how much like all of it has meant to us like both of us and he sat there and like he smiled and he was just so nice like it seriously was just like one of the best experiences right and this is just somebody who like watching him and listening to him talk about it it was like you could just relate and connect so much because it's like you know what was the what was the true crime that got you into it this is anybody who's into super uh into super into true crime everybody has like the true crime story that got them into true crime and so to hear his story about that and what he just chose to do with it and how he still has all these fandoms and he's just into all this different stuff and it was just like one of those things where you can have a lot of different interests and like still, you know, like what you were saying, yeah. combine it and make it into what you you want to do and how you want to help. And you can just tell that this is somebody who really genuinely just wants to help people. And he wants to try to help people get answers who can't find the answer. Right. Yeah, it was it was just a really great, great experience. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been to. um do you remember Ken Thomas Ma? You're a Naya Nuki or whatever. It was a by the little Native American little girl. Mm-hmm. He's a Wyoming author and he was very popular, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least for us Wyoming people. And so I remember he came when I was like in fourth or fifth grade and we went to see him at the library. And then, gosh, like five years ago, I followed Longmire or the author of Longmire, who's Craig Johnson. He's like, I'm going to be in Santa Mm -hmm. Cruz. And I'm like, that's an hour away. And so I was like, anybody want to go see this author? And one of my friends went with me. And so we drove up to Santa Cruz and we went and it was a smaller event. It's kind of strict, like you're Alan Alda, but not, not as strict. Like, Mm -hmm. because it wasn't that big of an event, you know, I'd say maybe 40-ish people, 50-ish people. I don't think it was 100. I purposely wore my Wyoming sweatshirt. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, Wyoming people need to know Wyoming people. And um, yeah, when I, we got up to me, he was like, Wyoming? He's like, are you from Wyoming or are you just wearing a Wyoming sweatshirt? I'm like, I'm from Wyoming. <laughs> and um, I don't know if anybody, any of our listeners follow or know much about Craig Johnson, but Craig Johnson's the author of the Longmire books. And of course, Longmire became a TV show that's very, mm-hmm. very popular or fairly popular, I would say. I mean, Netflix saved it. So, yeah, um, it's so good. It's so good. And I love Lou Diamond Phillips, but anyway. Right. <laughs> so he's from a small town. I want to say Upton. I want to say Upton is where he's from. He's It's from around Sundance. Yeah. And. He goes, where are you from? And I go, I'm from Casper. And he's like, ah, oh, the big city. <laughs> and the thing yeah. is, though, is like Casper's not a big city because you tell people from like, I don't know, Chicago. They're like, where are you from? And you're oh like, Casper. And they're like, how big is it? And you're like, 50,000 people. And they're like, oh, do you know everybody? No, I don't know 50,000 people. Right. <laughs> and so like he and I laughed about me being from the big city and – but what I loved about him, because if you ever get to see Craig Johnson talk, he's just, he's hilarious. He's just a mm-hmm. funny, funny, funny man. But he was, because he's also was very involved in the making of the TV show. And when I saw him, they were still making the TV show. I think they were filming season four. I was just going to say four, because I remember you talking about going to, yeah to meet him and everything uh, so I'm pretty sure it was four because I'm pretty sure season three was already up on Netflix yeah and so he um he told us like why they picked the actor for why I can't remember his name um the Longmire actor was I'm gonna picked. look it up for you hold I on think it's Robert or something Robert's Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor. He has two first names or two last names, depending how you want to say it. He's very, like, he's, like, the middle-aged Robert Redford type. He's, like, just kind of, like, just scruffy and, like, hard just enough. But, like, kind of young. Like, he's, yeah, he aged very well. He's a handsome guy. Um, Yeah, very handsome. But... They were doing his audition, and they had gone through, like, this whole pile of auditions, and he's the last one, and he's doing this scene where he has to go tell this um, person that their son or their um, husband, a family member, has passed away. And when he speaks to the, the, the woman... He takes off his hat and and that was it. Like Craig Johnson was like, "That's him," because he took off his cowboy hat. <laughs> um, so like we got little insights on that and yeah, it was just it was just so fun. And then I I actually set up one with my I have two author friends that live in the area that I live in and I set one up for us or for my book club back in February, and that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So I guess. If our listeners, if you ever get a chance to go to an author event, go. Because they're fun. They're a lot of fun. You get a lot of insight. Yeah. It's also just kind of interesting to think of, like, the writer's mind. Like, how they kind of, like, process stuff or see yeah. things or talk about things. and. Well, that. And then sometimes you're just like, oh, they're just like us. Like, I know that, like. Oh, Yeah know that but we also like kind of are like I think we forget because sometimes they are you know like in a place where where we aren't in life like you know they're publishing books and you know doing whatever they do you know Billy Jensen he has a very successful podcast he he did um the book with Michelle and and he's a very successful crime journalist on his own ju- aside from that right stuff. like he's, yeah he's just got so much and and then like you meet him and they're just very kind and genuine and I, 
I, I think you're going to find that. Humble, down humble. to earth. You're going to yeah. find that with hopefully the majority of the authors that yeah. you will meet. Um, I mean, even with this quick as Alan Alda was, like, you could see, like, he really, like, you could tell he wanted to be there for his, his fans. Yeah. His fans. And you could tell that he was, he was wanting, wanting to, like, share his life and share his yeah. stuff and, like, his humor, like, you get the humor that sometimes doesn't always translate when you're reading it, because right. maybe the mood that you're in when you're reading. Yeah, so it's it's just one of those experiences that, like, if you ever get a chance to do it, if you, and if you are like, I can't believe I'm going to do this by myself, just go by yourself anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went, I went Wednesday all by myself. I ended up running into a friend there that I didn't know was going to be there, but, you know, like, I went. I'm just like, I am not going to miss a chance to meet somebody or to listen to them and hear their story. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, just the whole part of me of like, do I want to go do this by myself? Like, as soon as I said it, I was like, I'm not going to find anybody to go do this with me. Of course, I'm going to go do it by myself. Right. Because I just want to do this experience like and at the end of it it was seriously just like one of those things where like literally none of my friends knew I was doing it and I (laughs) they were like oh what'd you do over the weekend I was like oh my gosh I went to this book signing (laughs) I met Billy Jensen and they were like you did I'm like yeah so it was yeah go do it you'll meet people actually ironically enough there was a girl um one of my one of my really close friends she was my roommate like she got married six years ago and I met one of her college friends oh, we spent the week we spent the weekend together at my our friend's wedding and we became friends on Facebook and like we just got along really well and I actually ended up finding out that she was at this event and I thought I recognized her but I also didn't want to go up to a complete stranger and be like, oh, my gosh, are you like so and so? And she basically felt the same way. She was like, I thought it could have been you, but I didn't know for sure. And she's like, I didn't like want to like cause something. But we because of this, because I commented on her photo with Billy Jensen, I was like, oh, my gosh, if I would have known that that actually was you, I would have totally said hello. And she was like, okay, the next time something true crime happens, we're doing this because now I know you're into this. And she's like, we can go do this together. And she's like, I won't have to drag my husband along (laughs) and we can be true crime buddies together. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like, absolutely, we need to do it. Yeah. Find your people. And Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I'm constantly looking for stuff and like, I'll share stuff on my book club Facebook page, like oh, this author's going to be here. A year ago, Nicholas Spark was, because mm. he's, he's from North Carolina. He, he, I think he grew up in New Bern, which is like an hour away from where I live, 45 minutes to an hour away from where I live. And he may even still have a home, or maybe that's even where he lives. I'm not really sure. Mm. I don't follow him that well, like, I know who he is, and I've read a book or two of his, and I saw a couple of the movies based off his books. But, like, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm doing something this weekend, but if you're not doing the, anything, maybe go see Nicholas Sparks or whatever. And, like, yeah. people – so I always share that because I think it's it's fun, and I like seeing and hearing about people's experiences with yeah. the authors. I think I've read, like, two of his books. An author that I do really enjoy, I've read quite a bit of her books, is Nora Roberts. And one of my friends got to see her. They drove – she lives in West – my friend lives in West Virginia. And I don't know if it was in a town in West Virginia or if they drove to Virginia because they're not that far from from it. They went and saw her and met her, and she was, like, so excited. And she said it was awesome, that she was so nice. And they yes. got her new book and everything. So, yeah, people, go meet authors. Go meet them. Go read Give them, them support. Check Even out the Even if you haven't read their books, go see them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Go, like, go to the bookstores. Yeah. Go to any bookstore and do, like, sign up for stuff. I'm actually really excited, but because I did this stuff with Anderson, I actually get, like, their newsletters and their events. Oh, nice. Of things that are coming up for the whole next month. And 
nothing's really piqued my interest, but there have been a couple of things where I'm like, oh, I wonder if somebody would like this. And then I also started doing that at one of the Barnes and Nobles here in Chicago. Oh, so okay. they send me stuff. So I'm like, I'm like on the radar for two because I want to be able to do more stuff like this. I think it's really awesome. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad we got to do this and talk about it. I know because I haven't everyone. heard about your experience and right. you've only heard about parts of mine. So it's fun. Yes, this was a really exciting. Yeah, bonus so episode. guys, I know bonus <laughs> episode. Go check out these authors. Send us experiences that you've had if you've gotten yeah. and met an author and it's just been really awesome. We would love to hear about that stuff. We yeah. um, tell us which ones to go see. Yeah, go if see. there's an author that you like. I'm sure. I'm sure there's an author out there that may be very, like, monotone and not that fun to listen to talk right. to. So, okay, yeah. that's fine, too. Let me know because uh, I don't want to fall asleep. I'll maybe read their book but not go to the signing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. You can email us stories or anything at potheadswhoread at gmail.com. And then you could check us out on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. for just some extra little content, interaction, stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, you can find us on most major listening um, platforms for your for podcasts, wherever you like to listen to us. Rate us, review us. And, yeah, I think that's it, right? I think that's it today. I don't know. We're yeah. so out of it because this is our normal, our normal deal. We're so. not used to five Mondays, guys. Five um. Mondays <laughs> has thrown us for a loop. Yeah, Thank God. Like- I've already looked. October only has four. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right, guys. Um, Thank you for reading with us. And go crack a book open. Bye. Bye. Hey, Potheads! Y'all, I keep thinking about that pin you gave me, and I just love it so much. It goes with all the other pins from our loot crate. It's so cool. Yeah, I found it on Etsy. The shop is called Dust and Pages, and their entire Etsy shop is amazing. They have so many book-related pens, but I fell in love with this pen, and I think it totally fits our podcast. Sheila, it absolutely fits our podcast and us. But listeners, do we have a treat for you? You mm-hmm. have the chance to win one of these very cool pins. What? Go to Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher for listening to podcasts, and be sure to describe, subscribe, rate, edit, review. And then on October 1st, we're going to add all the names of the reviewers into a drawing, and then pick just one. So maybe it'll be you. Be sure to email us at potheadswhoread at gmail.com. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other platform that doesn't allow you to rate or review, then you have a chance to win too. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, I know I already have one, but can I win another one? No! This is only for listeners. You do not listen to us, Andy. Andy, you you don't listen to us. That's fair. You only participate, which we love you for. Yes. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and be sure to like and follow us. We will post a picture of the pin you have a chance to win. Definitely. And as always, thank you for reading with us. Go crack a book open. Ugh, guys, I guess I gotta start reading. (laughs) Bye. 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 You're doing great, sweetie. Keep it up.